hi, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in to our podcast. This is season eight, episode number six, and we're going to be talking with a chef today. Our guest is Chris Spinoza. He is a private chef in the West Palm Beach area. He also, his claim to fame now is that he is on the second season of the Fox show Next Level Chef, which airs February 2023, starting on the day after the Super Bowl this year. So we'll be excited to have him on. Now, Chris, I must say I've met him when he was a young boy on Long Island, where I grew up and lived for a good part of my life. I have been friends with his parents since kindergarten. So we all go back a long way. And, in you know, look, as parents, we have our friends and we follow our kids' journey through life. And looking at Chris through the years, over the past several years, he was a chef in New York City, and then he migrated to West Palm Beach, from what I understand, due to COVID, which those in the food and service industry were decimated. It seems like he landed on his feet and became a personal chef in Florida. And he was discovered and found and is now on television with the uh, the Fox show, The Next Level Chef, which he'll tell us a little bit about. Now, why have a young 29, 30-year-old chef on a health and wellness program? Well, for those that know me, for those that are familiar with what I post, what I talk about, the practice of medicine that I've been involved in for all these years, it is all about the food. It is all about the nutrition. And unfortunately, despite despite this message that I have been talking about and others on a worldwide basis have been talking about, the message still is not getting through to everybody. Or I would say it is not getting through to the people that need it most, those that are afflicted with chronic disease. It's the diabetes. It's the hypertension. It's the kidney disease. It's the fatty liver. So... Whenever I have an opportunity to talk about food and talk with somebody that is excited about food, his career, Chris Spinoza, his career is food. Now, he is not, by training, a nutritionist. He is not there looking at people when they order food and say, wait a second, I need to adjust something for your underlying health condition. But it is somebody that is interested in food, gets excited about food, not only in the preparation of it, but talking about it and and the taste of food. It is important because if we are not excited about the preparation of food, the shopping, the selecting of the ingredients, the hands-on chopping and mixing and all that goes into cooking, then I think we're doomed. We're never going to be able to rectify the troubles that so many people face. And so anytime, as I said, anytime I have an opportunity to bring somebody on to a radio radio program and, and, and share it with everybody on social media, I think it is worthwhile and I'll continue to do it. And so one of the real basic take homes is Try to get interested in food. If you are concerned about your own health, the health and wellness of your family, your children, your grandchildren, the the pathway you need to follow is following the food. And as 
Chris mentions, it doesn't have to be an elaborate dish that you make. It could be something very simple. Picking up a few tricks on blending the right flavors. A drop of this, a splash of that, will make an otherwise boring, somewhat unpalatable meal tasty and fun. So listen to Chris Spinoza. Take a look at him on Next Level Chef on Fox starting February after the Super Bowl. I will. I want to see what he's up to. I hope he does very well. And we'll probably continue to have him and others like him on the program talking about food, leaving you with tips, and most importantly, inspiring you. That's what it's all about. Don't forget, go to our website, drjoegalati.com. D-R-J-O-E-G-A-L-A-T-I.com. Sign up for our newsletter. All of our social media is there to follow along. Our radio program, our medical practice, liver specialist of Texas. By the way, texasliver.com. And certainly there's a mechanism to reach out to me, send me a message, and I am always happy to field questions and inquiries about how we can help you all out. All right. Enjoy Chris Spinoza. Take it away. Sunday nights between 7 and 8 p.m. We're here. We're glad you're tuning in with us. And one of the themes that, if, if you know me in any way, outside of medicine, in the clinic, or just uh, in the neighborhood is, we are always talking about food. Food is medicine. And while I'd like to say I have been on this trail for a good number of years, many, many people are catching up to realizing food is medicine. You are what you eat. That's an adage my mother uh, instilled in me very, very early on. And so whenever we have the opportunity to bring on an expert in the world of food in any dimension, I am going to get them on here. And it's really a pleasure to have Christopher Spinoza. He is a private chef out in West Palm Beach, Florida. And Chris, it's so happy. It's so great to have you on tonight and share your insight with food. Welcome. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be on. Thank you very much for having me. Well, first of all, uh, you know, I did in the prior segment, I gave a little... um, a little intro to you, and I said, "Look, do not be fooled. This this is a guy that is from Long Island. So, you have two Long Island guys here. Our accents can get a little out of hand quickly. How long have you been in Florida, and <laughs> and have you have you lost that Long Island way about you?" So I've been in Florida for the last two years, uh, and I moved down here much like many of the transplants from up north. You know, thanks to COVID, right? Um, the New Yorker side of me certainly has not left. My accent definitely comes out from time to time. Right. Um, it you know it, it comes and goes and bouts. You know depends on uh, depends where I'm at. You know when yeah. I see my fellow New Yorkers, you know the uh, the genetics start to get more excited. You know that's right. Out of nowhere it'll just pop right back in and out. That's but, right. Um, All of you guys are happy to eat tonight. That's what I hear you saying. Ex- so. ex- ex- exactly. So it's correct. Well, well, Chris. Um, you are a chef. Food is your life. You're making a livelihood out of it. You're making an impact on the food scene, not only in West Palm Beach, but really wherever you go. 
where just first question there's so much to ask you what would you say your approach to food is be it the well-prepared meal that you're an expert on casually eating at home you know a throw together meal that individuals or families will do versus the garbage that people buy disguised as food big question what's your take on that so my take, as far as my overall, you know, approach as a professional, um, in general, as chefs, we're always taught, you know, to make everything from scratch. Now, there are very few products that we'll purchase at certain restaurant operations and that, that are, I don't want to say processed, but, you know, it will be the closest thing we get to a certain sauce or condiment you know, before it almost gets too painstaking to make from scratch. Right. You know? And that's more of a logistical thing, of course, than it is, you know. And, and a cost thing as well. And I a mean, cost thing, of course, absolutely. Yeah. You know, first and foremost, we are chefs, but, you know, as, as a phrase that I like, you know, we have a chef's knife in one hand and a calculator in the other. Right. You know, you can't just be, uh, you can't just be the artistic savant these days. I mean, unless you are, you know, some high-caliber chef, you know, three Michelin star chef, world-renowned, that's a different story, but that's a totally different playing field we're talking, of course. Right. Absolutely. So as far as professionally, as far as professionally speaking, you know, my goal is to try and stay as local as possible. Uh-huh. Um, the land around you really should be sort of what you, you know, source your food from. Quite literally in the sense of, you know, wherever you live, the seasonality of it, you know, the consequences and the good parts of it all together should be, you know, your modus operandi, right. you know? And uh, for me, you know, so professionally, we're always trying to source the best ingredients. We're always trying to source trusted purveyors. You know, I, I can't say this enough. You know, you have organic and then you have like non-GMO and there's a lot of companies out there, you know, who for them, it's more of a checkbox than it is of a way of conducting business. Right. You know, so for me, it's uh, as, as a chef professionally, it's sourcing the best ingredients, but it's also like getting to know my suppliers, even on a personal level. Uh-huh. Uh, back when I was working in New York City, I would go to upstate New York to our to our various purveyors, and I would literally get to know the guys themselves and get on their land and, you know, quite literally see where the product was coming from. Now, now, Chris, let me interrupt for a second. So for those listening sure. tonight and they like to dabble in, in the kitchen, let's say. Right. There is, I would say, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, regardless of what city you're in, be it Houston, be it Dallas, be it Baltimore, you should, in a sense, try to get to know your local farmers. Would you say going to a farmer's market might be the first start to get to know the locality of it all? Absolutely. I mean, that's pretty much your litmus test for what's around you. You know, that's that's like your... Uh, it's like going into Google and popping in, you know, whatever it is you're searching for right in the uh, address bar. You right. Know? And for me, that's what really going to a green market is like. You know, you really want to get a fix on the area that you're in, or dare I even say a new area that you're in, go to their local farmer's market. You know, it's it's 2023, my friends, and, you know, maybe back in the day this was sort of a niche market, but I, I, will, I will be steadfast in saying that pretty much damn near anywhere you go, you'll have a farmer's market you know, somewhere that you can tap into. Right. Now, as I said earlier, I have disdain for processed foods. 
And, and again, right. getting back as a professional, you are making a meal. Now, it may be, I hate to say, a, a very delicate, fancy meal with all kinds of very subtle flavors that you, you really labor over to, to get that right mix. But there are everyday run-of-the-mill dishes that I'm sure you make. When you see a replica of that in the frozen section, filled with chemicals, all kinds of crap. Are you at the point that it bothers you, or do you just shrug your shoulders and say, that's that's the way it is? I mean, you know, you, you, learn, to, you learn to accept certain things, obviously, in this world. And from a food standpoint, <clears throat> excuse me, from a food standpoint, you know, I think with processed foods, it's just really, it's, it's all about the conveniency. Right. Because parts of my job as a professional chef, yes, I do labor into trying to get, you know, certain flavors and aspects of a dish, you know, finely tuned. However, you know, I also understand, you know, there is also a certain level of conveniency that has to exist in people's lives, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So it's not to say that I am, you know, happy to see that there's processed foods out there, especially in the freezer aisle of, like you said, like a replicated dish. You know, I just, I just look at it as, you know, you're either the person that does, you know, that cares about their health or the person that doesn't. And people that don't, you know, I hate that really, hate to, you know, ruffle some feathers here, but those are the people that are shopping in that aisle. Exactly. The people that do care are the ones that are looking at that, fr- that may pass by that aisle and see the frozen product and say, oh, you know what, I want to make that tonight. And then they go into whatever, the meat aisle, the produce aisle, and they sure. start gathering whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, getting you know? an idea getting an idea from a replica of a real dish is, isn't necessarily right. the worst thing in the, in the world. Now, when you're, when you're cooking, and certainly you cook and prepare food in, in a lot of different venues and environments, how many people come up and say, Chris, that piece of fish was outstanding, What's your trick, and how do I do that? So as far as, you know, in general, whenever I get comments like these, you know, I, I really like to make food approachable for people altogether. Uh-huh. Now, yes, of course, if someone pays me the money to, you know, drum up a fancy, you know, nine-course meal, uh-huh. of course, yeah, I'll, right. I'll break out the, the fireworks, if you will, you know. But in the sense of, like, you know, your, the, the fish story here, it's very simple. I tell people it's like use, you know, don't use you know the iodized salt. Get yourself better sort, sort like yes. uh, salt, whether it's like a fine sea salt or coarse or whatever it is. Get yourself like a like a like a better brand. You know, you really do. I hate to say, you really do taste the difference, especially when you're trying to cook something like a fish simply. Right. And then the other thing at the end of the day is I always just tell people, you know, season and add a little bit of lemon juice or acidity. It's mm-hmm. really. It, and those are really like the, that's the fun that's the fundamental you know taste bud indicators for us as far as what does you know quote unquote taste good versus what you know doesn't taste good. Yeah, it's really about being balanced, and you can do the same thing with all the food around you that you know you can try and cook by simply just seasoning and adding you know acidity or lemon juice to it. Yeah. In my opinion, as, as simple as that sounds, Joe, yeah. it really, that, that's, that's what I see from the people that are like, wow, this is so good. What did you do to it? And I literally look at them and I'm like, not much. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, to that point, to that point, every day I talk with patients and we, in one form mm-hmm. or another, we run down 
their diet history, their likes and dislikes and eating at home or takeout. And so many people say, man, I just cannot cook. It is too hard. I can't get it to taste right. But to your point, drop a little lemon on it, a little bit of salt and, and, and a spritzel of tomato. And voila, you've got something that is really palatable. I mean, how, Correct. last question before the break. How do you approach the, the people that really have an, a, 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 a visceral fear of trying to cook? How do you, how do you sort of say, no pun intended, lower the temperature in the kitchen there to calm these people down and say, it's not that bad, give it a whirl? Uh, I, I tell them, breathe. I tell them take deep breaths, and 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 as one of my chefs used to say, it's just food, you right. know. Um, it's really just a matter that that turns into a mental approach, and I can go on about, you know, mentally situating yourself for the task, but basically, it's it's just as simple as you know, don't overthink it. Exactly, exactly, and you know, as I say, and not not to, you know, be condescending, follow the recipe, right. Follow yeah. the recipe. I mean, look, me as a professional, you know, I'm the guy, you know, people should know how to change a tire, right, or put air in their tire or, or change out their window, their, their uh, windshield washer, washer right. fluid, right? Past that, you go to a mechanic, right? It's, you know, unless you do your own oil changes as well, but that's, that's neither here nor there. For me as a chef, you know, do I follow recipes? Yeah, but very loosely interpreting with the word follow. Right. You know, I, I essentially look at them and I can troubleshoot it and be like, okay, well, this doesn't make any sense. This is how I'm going to change it. But right. for the average Joe, yeah, you know, find one, two, three recipes and, you know, either print them out or put them on your phone, screenshot yep. them, whatever you want to do. And just like pass yourself that one day with completing one of those, yep. you know? Absolutely. As, what we're going to do, Chris, I'm going to I'm going to cut you off right sure. here for a second. We're going to sure, take sure. a quick break. We're on with Chris Spinner. Do you go by Chris or Christopher? What's your favorite? Chris is fine. People do all, all sorts of renditions of my name. Joe. All right. So whatever, whatever, whatever fits. You know? All right. And and the most important thing, of course, is Chef Zaddy. I don't know where you came up with that. Chef Zaddy, C-H-E-F-Z-A-D-D-Y.com is how you get in touch with Chris Spinoza. Stay tuned. Dr. Joe Galati, we're taking a break. I'll be right back. More food talk. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Joe Galati. And for anybody that likes music... This is clearly Tijuana Brass, Herb Albert, and there is an absolutely outstanding documentary on his life. The guy is an artist. He is a sculptor. He formed A&M Records and had all of those artists under his wing. An absolutely brilliant businessman, music industry, mover and shaker, and of course, Tijuana Brass here. Generally happy music, as I would say. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com is our website. We are so happy to have on the program tonight Chris Spinoza. He is a private chef in West Palm Beach, Florida. And Chris, I would say, like so many people that are in the food industry, cooking, chefs, Instagram really has 
led the way in in getting people discovered and seen. And your Instagram page is Chef Zaddy three thousand C H E F Z A D D Y three thousand on Instagram. What is Chef Zaddy? Is there an inside story that you can't tell, or is that open for no, no, public this is, consumption? No, no, this is uh, th- this can definitely be declassified information. Okay, so, um... <laughs> so it's not going to find so, in, a, in a document somewhere in Wontaw, and you're going to get arrested or something. Yeah, and it'll be behind like a carvel and like a dumpster somewhere. Yes. You know what I mean? Just with, <laughs> with, with redacted lines on it. Yes. You know? But um, Chef Zaddy, so what is it? The story of it, uh, so this was, I think we're talking maybe about four years ago, five years ago. Um, I just decided I wanted to change my Instagram handle. Uh, before that, I had Chris Crinkles 24 uh, And I was like, you know what, let's, let's change this to be more, you know, chefly in some way. Right. Um, and my friends back up north, you know, I was sort of like... Not the dad of the group, but rather a dad of the group. Right. And so, you know, the running joke would be like, as I'm trying to like, as the shepherd is like, you know, trying to control the flock. Right. You know, whenever we would go out, um, the joke would be like, dad, we're ready to go. You know, like those sort of things. And um, on Instagram, there was this guy who, Lord, I forgot his name or, or, or what he was exactly, but he had this trend where he was like showing off his fresh shoes and uh-huh. he, would, he would say like daddy gang you know right. and that was like the whole you know moniker there and eventually like i think uh someone was like zaddy like with a z and all of a sudden it it it, it stuck and so with my friends as a joke so it started with like dad to like daddy to zaddy and then all right. of a sudden i was like chef zaddy bam let's do that all right and so well, you, you got the whole yeah. story here tonight all right. In, yeah. in the last in the last few minutes, one, well, you know, my theory is that in the as the generations march on, looking at your grandparents, my grandparents, my parents, your parents, it it appears that for lots of different sociologic reasons, people are eating less at home. Food is being. Uh, uh, decommissioned as a big part of the family routine. And as a result, people are eating out more. Obesity is on the rise. And I always hate to tie this together, but it is the truth. The data shows it. We're eating out more. We're not eating fresh vegetables and fruits and, and, and lean meats and things like that. What is the state of the 30-year-old out there? So these are your peers and friends and past classmates what are we looking at there, Chris? I think what we're really seeing is, um, you know, with the way food has transformed as far as its notoriety, you know, um, you have these celebrity chef shows, you right. have all these cooking, you know, the, the food network. You know, since food has become more, I don't want to say globalized in the cuisine way, but just on a, like, social and, like, media sort of way, you know, everyone is starting to get excited about it. It's become more of a actual hobby that people will, will you know, interact with each other over and they'll, and they'll gossip over even in some circumstances. And I think because of that, you know, it sort of has idolized, you know, people's ability to put out good food. And right, right. 
I think what happens is, is uh, you know, it's now become more of an exciting and a focal point in people's, you know, social lives. Right. As far as when they go out. I mean, the first thing most people say when you go out is, you know, where are we going to eat? Right. You know, unless you are going out just for drinks. But, hey, nine times out of ten, you're going to a place that does serve food of some yeah. sorts. And you're probably picking certain places if it's not for the cocktails. It's certainly because you're like, hey, I know they have a great, you know, either if, whether it's one plate or it's the whole darn menu that you say, you know, hey, let's go here. This place is fantastic food. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, you know, last last point, about 30 seconds, Chris, before we got to end sure. the program tonight. You, again, your role, you're a smart guy. You're successful. You've you've got a a, 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 a line that you're heading in from a, a career and, and personal standpoint. Do you do you view yourself as an, an influencer? I know that's sort of a, I don't like that term necessarily. An influencer to get people interested in food and allow them to not be afraid to try to cook themselves. Thirty seconds. What do you think? Yeah, I believe it just in general as my job as a chef. I mean, you, you know, you are of service to the people, and for me, it's in the in the essence of food. So. You know, I'm almost like a contractor the way I see it. Not so much of an artist, but more like a contractor. And I, it's my job to help educate people as well as feed them, you know. Excellent. I, and I take pride in that sort of work because it, it really brings more to the job. All know? right. Well, I would say, Chris, this was a great introduction. I would love to have you on again. We could get into a little bit more depth, depth of, of some of the topics here. You have been listening. Chris Spinoza, private chef, West Palm Beach. If you're in the West Palm Beach area and you need good food, call Chris, chefzaddy.com. Chris, have a, have a great rest of January, and we'll be in touch with you soon. Thank you again, Joe. We'll be in touch, my friends. Well, thanks for again for tuning in tonight. Don't forget, drjoegalati.com is our website. If all goes well, stay healthy, eat right, think, you know, cook like a chef. That's what we got to tell you to do. We'll see you next Sunday night. Take care. Thanks for listening today to our podcast. Don't forget, for more information, check out drjoegalati.com. Information about my book, Eating Yourself Sick, is available there, as well as our clinical practice, radio program, and social media links. We need you to be part of our tribe and community. Until we meet again, I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Ciao.